the one-two punch of Devin Booker and Bismack Biombo brings home a W for the Phoenix Suns, just as we all predicted. We'll talk about that game and more on today's Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons and a contributor at Suns.com as well as Dime Magazine. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single morning. That's the best way to support the show, and you are already doing it. Thank you for finding us on your favorite podcast app, your favorite platform there, and for helping us grow this YouTube channel slowly but surely. We are so so close to 750 subscribers on the YouTube channel, at which point I'll be giving away this We Are The Valley towel, and I will not let it blur the screen again. Sorry for anybody who watched yesterday. The towel screwed everything up. We are in the clear today, but that is the best way to go ahead and support us. Help us get to 750. Help us get to 1,000 when I will be giving away that Kelly Oubre bobblehead to one lucky subscriber. And uh, thank you. For everybody who's already done so. A lot to get to today. As I said, a 123-110 Phoenix Suns win. So I'll break down that and how Booker and Biombo somehow were the stars of the show. One of those much more likely than the other. I'll also talk about Cameron Johnson, who has extended his NBA best streak of games with two or more three-pointers to 20. And I kind of want to put his shooting season into context a little bit. Uh, so that should be fun. And then talk about Chandler Hutchison getting cut. That was the news of the day. Monty Williams back, of course, as well. Not not too much to talk about there other than a warm welcome back to the Suns head coach. But the Hutchison thing is a little bit interesting. So we'll close the show there. Today's show, guys, brought to you by Truebill, the only app, the best app, the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need. They can even help you negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. Check out the Truebill app wherever you get apps. Okay, so Devin Booker, not a surprise. 33 points, making it look easy at this point. He's doing it a little bit differently this season, but we know that already. More threes, more made threes, a little bit fewer free throws, although that's been picking up lately. And the efficiency, of course, no little to no turnovers this season in most of his games. He's a complete clinic in and of himself, and uh, it's a joy to watch him play. The more surprising part than anything else in this double-digit win on the road was Bismack Biombo. Did not miss a shot from the field. Packed the stack sheet as well. 16 points, six rebounds, three assists, two bo- uh, two steals, three blocks. He did have five fouls in his 29 minutes, but was able to close the game and avoid foul trouble late, um, avoid fouling out, I guess you could say. And he was a plus eight in a game that the Suns won by 13. Jalen Smith was a minus one. So the numbers do tell the story there, and his impact was honestly as much as it feels like, judging from those numbers. A completely insane thing to say based on a guy that I frankly forgot about, didn't even realize that he had not been re-signed by an NBA team this year, did not realize that he had gone unclaimed during this COVID palooza, somehow ends up on the Suns, and it could not be a better situation. 
I think that much is clear. Uh, Chris Paul, not a coincidence that Biombo scoring in double digits in both of his first two games comes on in games where Paul was a double digit assist man at the same time. Those two have found an instant connection. You give Chris Paul a veteran role man in the pick and roll and he is going to get double digit assists and that man is going to get double digit points. It's just the law of basketball. It is a an NBA code of conduct. If it doesn't happen, then the multiverse splits open like in Spider-Man and things start to go haywire. It is it is without a doubt going to happen and so Biombo finds himself here in a great situation. And it kind of when you look at both Booker and Biombo tonight and then of course Chris Paul in there as well, I talked about the three-point shooting in Monday's show, recapping the Hornets game and the Celtics game, and kind of, yes, it's crazy that three-point shooting can dictate so much, but the, it's just a fact of life in the NBA these days, and the Suns need to make sure that they are playing their shooters and getting those shooters open shots, otherwise they're going to get unlucky some nights like they did in Boston. I do think there's an inverse point, though, that was sort of shown tonight in New Orleans, which is that all might be true, but the most consistent regular season teams, the best teams in the league have something simple and easy and efficient to fall back on. And for the Suns, that is the pick and roll game. And you could tell, I mean, the Pelicans knew what the Suns were going to run. It's the second time this season that they've played each other. And both times the Pelicans were ready whether it was Herb Jones or Jonas Valanciunas or Garrett Temple, the defensive-minded veteran players outside of Jones, of course, Josh Hart, throw him in there. They knew what was coming, and they've been ready for it, and the Suns just beat it because, yeah, you can be ready for the elbow stuff, for the screening and the off-ball action and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, the Suns can just pick and roll you to absolute death with Devin Booker off the ball or on the ball sometimes, they can get you in transition and force you into turnovers and score off those turnovers. The Suns had 15 fast break points tonight. They had 10 points off of turnovers. And you can't do anything about that. And I think that that pick and roll attack is just becoming old reliable for the Suns in a way that puts them at the top of the league in terms of just that sort of consistent fallback. There's just a pretty high baseline for what they're going to be able to do every single night and if you solve some of their other things and you don't have the talent to match the basic pick and roll and, and you're not an offense that can beat theirs, the Suns are going to win. They're just going to eventually adjust and and fix and manipulate until all of a sudden Chris Paul to Bismack Biombo for dunk after dunk after and one layup after offensive rebound put back and you find yourself down double digits and losing the game. So a uh, very fun one. It never felt in doubt, even though the Pelicans did cut it close at some points. This is just a game the Suns do not lose, whether it's JaVale McGee or DeAndre Ayton or somehow Bismack Biombo in that spot. We know what they're capable of. We know what the point God can do when he's engaged, and we saw it again tonight. We also saw Cameron Johnson, who made five of his seven threes, has looked incredible in that starting lineup, and is uh, somebody that the Suns are going to want to keep around, and it's going to get interesting. But I want to talk about his season a little bit in more depth. So before we get there, let's talk about Truebill. Again, the 
Number one way to save your sanity and your dollars in terms of subscriptions. It's a business scam. We know that businesses love to keep those subscriptions rolling. They love to get you on the hook. Maybe accidentally, you don't even realize you sign up, or maybe you do and they make it impossible to cancel. Well, Truebill makes it easy. That's the point. They keep that pocket, that money in your pocket and they help you keep track of all of it. Again, helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. You can save up to $720 per year with Truebill, and your Truebill concierge helps you keep track of the ones that you might have forgotten about as well. Like, hey, you got this email a few times this month. Are you actually using this, or do you want me to go ahead and cancel it? That is what Truebill does. That is how it saves its users money. They have over 2 million users who have saved a combined $100 million plus So don't fall for those scams. Start canceling today. Kick those corporations in the teeth with Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA could save you thousands per year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. After Steph Curry was one of 10, I believe, on Monday night, Cam Johnson took ownership of the record this NBA season for most consecutive games with two or more threes, with multiple three-pointers made in a game. He is at 20 now. I believe this game either put him, this game put him at 20. And so that in and of itself, I mean, a huge round of applause for Cameron Johnson. That is ridiculous. Anytime you can beat Steph Curry at something relating to shooting, I think you should pat yourself on the back and uh, you don't have to prove yourself much more than just saying that. But the reality is his season has been exemplary. He has been everything we expected him to be as a shooter after a little bit of a lull in last year's regular season when he shot 34.9% during the regular season, but of course was up to 45, ridiculous 45% shooting in the playoffs last year during uh, the Suns' run to the NBA Finals in 445 minutes. So if there's any example, I think, to pull from, it was that. But he's kept it up this season as well. He is He has taken 202 total threes this year, and he has made 43%. That was going into tonight, so that will actually go up after his 5 of 7 performance in this win over the Pelicans and I have to say, uh, he has exceeded my expectations as as he has for, I'm sure, all of you. But the way that he's performed as a starter, particularly, is the way that I was kind of the most optimistic outlook that I could come up with heading into the season. I think he has started to meet it since Jay Crowder has been out with the uh, in the health and safety protocol with COVID because it's not just the three. Um, it's one thing to be career best from the three-point line. It's another to slowly get to the free throw line more consistently. He's at 1.4 per game after averaging one per game the first two seasons of his career. So upping that. He hasn't made the twos quite the same at quite the same rate, but he is suddenly becoming a pretty nice threat on the offensive glass. He's increasing his steals. He's handling just more minutes more consistently. He hasn't had the injuries that he had in his first two years. And 
uh, staying on the court with his defense, you know, not just the steals, but we've seen times where the Suns are, are, are comfortable at the very least. I don't want to say it's their preference, but they're comfortable having Cam Johnson out on the perimeter against Steph Curry, against John Moran. And it's not like they're going to start a game that way, but with these matchups where you know that the Suns are going to do their best to hide Chris Paul on defense and to, um, you know, probably try not to put Devin Booker into a, a difficult situation. We've seen Johnson take some pretty difficult matchups when he's been in the starting lineup. So he has been so, so good. And we'll talk about, and we have plenty of time down the line to, to talk about the contract, but his box plus minus is triple his previous high. Um, actually, that's not true. It is um, 12 times. Uh, let me see. Nine times his previous high, not triple, nine times his previous high, which was during his rookie season, his offense and his defense grayed out as positive by that metric. So uh, I'll talk about the, the contract and all that at a different time, of course, but I it just kind of had me wondering a little bit, thinking a little bit about um, as unfair as it might be to call him a sharpshooter, effectively on this team, that's his role. It's like he is out there to make and take shots. Deep shots, spacing the floor shots, but he has to make them. He has to be ready to take them. And that's, at the end of the day, most of what he is out there to do, which is a pretty storied role in the NBA, uh, or for this franchise, I, I mean to say. So it kind of had me thinking about, of all the teams, the great Suns teams of the past, what, where does Cameron Johnson rank? among those the sharpshooters the the shooting specialists on those teams and so I pulled a few of my favorite sun seasons a few of the best sun seasons and tried to think a little bit about like what does it really what's the threshold here like is Cam actually in the stratosphere of a Dan Marley or is it just fun to talk about? So I went all the way back to 1981 um, because, I, you know, yes, the Suns made the finals in 1976. Was the three-point shot really like something that anybody was doing? No, it really wasn't in 1981 either. But I do want to shout out Walter Davis. He made 41% of his threes in 1981. He only took 17. So uh, Dennis Johnson took 51 for that team. Kyle Macy took 51 for that team. Just crazy to look back at those numbers and guys were not even taking one a game. But uh, Walter Davis, 41%. I will give it up to him. 1988-89 is where things get a little bit interesting. So I'm not going to go, you know, season by season and name every single player. But that year you have Eddie Johnson, of course. You have Tom Chambers, of course. And you even have Steve Kerr who was here for 26 games and made 47% of his three. So I think Eddie Johnson is the obvious one there. He actually took two and a half per game at a time when that was not a common thing to do. You zoom in to 19, zoom up to 1993. And then of course, it's the era of Dan Marley. You also had Danny Ainge. Marley's going to be hard to beat, I think. And so he's he's probably on the short list here. 1997-98 is one of the underrated Sun Seasons. Of course, you know where I'm going here. Rex Chapman, as well as Dennis Scott, who literally is called 3D. So I feel like 
Uh, he has to be he has to be considered here. 0809, you go ahead to that season and you're starting to get to the real, you know, the actual three-point era. So you're getting to Raja Bell. You are getting to Grant Hill, although his three-point shooting that season was was not all that spectacular. Um, and you have Jared Dudley, of course. And then 2009-2010, the last real great Suns season before last year, and you have Channing Frye. <clears throat> so if you just look at those players, so you're really looking at Raja Bell, and then, of course, you have the seven seconds or less guys. So Bell, of course, but then you also have Quentin Richardson, Joe Johnson, Raja Bell, Dan Marley, Tom Chambers, and Eddie Johnson, and then you have Cameron Johnson this season. I think you have to have Marley ahead. You have to have Dan Marley at the top because he did other things. He was a more fluid, I think, driver. He Let me look at his assist numbers from that 92-93 season. Yeah, 3.8 assists, so and only 1.6 turnover. So, you know, creating for his teammates way more consistently. He was a he was making 52% of his two-pointers whereas Cam was is only making like 40 something percent right now. So, I think Marley is is pretty clearly ahead. You also I think Rex Chapman, I mean, sort of a one-hit wonder type of player. I think that I don't know. I prefer I prefer Cam's game because of the efficiency. Now you look and it's like really it was just the fact that Rex Chapman was pretty low on his twos. He didn't, you know, he didn't create a ton for his teammates. So I'll actually put Cam Johnson ahead of him. I think you have to put Raja Bell above Cam because he did it for longer and because of the defense. But I think you're really looking at Cam is already there to me with that Eddie Johnson, that Danny Ainge caliber. Honestly, like uh, the, the Channing Fry, the Jared Dudley, like I think that Cam Johnson is already there. I mean, he's three seasons into a career where he has been a consistent elite shooter that has really, really helped this son's offense get where it has gone. And that's huge. I mean, he's He's, he's already sort of in his prime age-wise, so maybe it shouldn't be such a surprise, but he basically stepped foot on an NBA floor after being such a maligned pick and has been an elite role player from the jump. And he stepped up his game in the playoffs last year, really took a leap during the postseason. That's really the, 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 the stepping stone moment in his career was during the playoffs. How many players can you say that about? So all the respect in the world to Cam. We're seeing another little mini leap right now. I'm excited to see what he does when Jay Crowder gets back because I think he should be able to keep this momentum. Their minutes are usually fairly even anyway. Maybe Crowder gets a little more, but I would not be surprised to see Cam get the look more often to close games depending on the matchup. He'll, I think Monty's learning to trust him with some more difficult defensive assignments as well. Like, Could we see more of the you know, one guard, three wing, and and one big man lineups? Could we see more of the Crowder at the five lineups if they trust Cam to be out there defensively? I think his growth is not just about his own development, but it really does start to introduce some interesting things to this team. So I think Crowder should be back fairly soon, but Cam has proven that he deserves all of that and that he's a, a, a bonafide Suns, uh, I don't want to say legend, but he is a 
he is a memorable character in Suns history already, and there's still more to come. So I, I love the guy, and I think he has a lot more to say before this season is over. One player who does not have much more to say about uh, his son's career is Can- uh, Chandler Hutchison, who was cut by the Suns today. The former two-way player no longer with the Suns. So I'll talk about what the ramifications of that are as we make our way into 2022 as the Suns chase a title. But the other thing going on as we make our way into 2022 is New Year's resolutions. We all love to make them. We all love to do our best to keep them, although sometimes that doesn't happen. One New Year's resolution that can be easy to keep is eating healthier with Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll actually want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like chemicals, frankly. Uh, you know how those are. I'm not going to name names. We all have had them before. You throw them away and you hate them. But Built Bar actually keeps you coming back. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And you're really never going to go over 130, 140 calories. Never going to cross that 5 grams of sugar threshold. And you're going to get 15 to 20 grams of protein. It's just what you need. Not too heavy. Not too light. And it gets you through the workout, through the day, through the afternoon, before dinner, whatever you need it. It is old reliable, just like I was talking about uh, with Devin Booker earlier in the show. It is the Devin Booker of protein bars is what I'm saying here. And it helps you keep that New Year's resolution. So go to belt.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Speaking of the new year, we still have more college football to go. We have the pro football playoffs just about to heat up, and Bet Online has you covered throughout all of it with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports all year long. Head to the website or you use your mobile device. Make an account today, and when you do, use the promo code LOCKED ON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. From those football playoffs to basketball, the NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers throughout the new year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to make to make a bet on any sport. Bet online where the game starts. News coming down today that Chandler Hutchison had been waived by the Phoenix Suns. A little bit of an interesting news break because. They didn't have to do this. This is not really related, at least from a roster crunch standpoint, to any of these 10-day hardship deals. This is not a COVID thing. The Suns had Chandler Hutchison from the beginning of the season on. He was signed to a two-way contract, and he actually was healthy. He didn't have COVID. And yet still, the Suns were not in the mood to keep him. Now, I think there's a lot of reasons for this. One is, I think... It's smart to not be beholden to the players that you sign on a two-way contract, especially if you are not actually going to have a G League team yourself and develop those players yourself. If you don't have a spot for them to get run during practice, to get on the court for your team, and you don't have that G League infrastructure in place, there's no reason to keep them. So it makes sense to just you know be flexible there, but I also just think that Chandler Hutchison didn't He must not have shown a lot. I mean, there was ample time for him in Chicago to prove himself. That didn't really happen. He's still sort of floating around the league. But 
you run out of shots. If you don't have a certain skill to hang your hat on consistently and you don't improve over time, then the NBA will pass you by. So I think that is really just the bottom line of what happened here. But while it didn't necessarily come as a result of the COVID absences that the Suns are dealing with, it is connected. And the obvious way is that the Suns can then go ahead now and sign one of these players who they've gotten to see a little bit during this stretch to that two-way slot. Now, the deal with two-way contracts is you can only sign one if you've been in the NBA for fewer than three years. So Bismack Biombo, a lot of people were instantly making that connection. He is not eligible. He has been in the league for far longer than three years. He's 29 years old. He had a long career already. So he's not going somebody that you can sign to a two-way contract. Neither is Justin Jackson, who was signed today, officially had been reported a long time ago now, a few days ago, that Jackson would be joining the team. He did so officially today. He actually got eight minutes in the Pelicans game. Uh, He is somebody who was in Dallas originally and has bounced around a bit. He was already on one of these 10-day hardship contracts, I believe, with the Celtics, and, you know, in theory is a sort of energetic 3 and D player. So people were interested there, but he's been in the league for five seasons now, which is wild. I watched him in person. I'm sure some of you did as well. He was in the national championship game when it was in Phoenix at uh, State Farm Stadium. I think it was U- University of Phoenix back then. And that is it's crazy to think that that was five years ago, but That is the UNC team that he was on, and so that was too long ago. He cannot be signed to a two-way contract, which leaves most likely to me. The Suns also cut Emmanuel Terry, who was on one of those deals. It's it's either they have their eyes on somebody elsewhere in the league, and they want to have the flexibility maybe when one of these players on a different NBA team gets finished with their 10-day, to sign them to a two-way contract and be able to keep them all season long. Um, Or MJ Walker. I think that's really the two options that you're looking at because Paris Bass and we, I mean, they already lost Emmanuel Terry. Like I don't think those are the guys, but I do think MJ Walker being that he was only recently drafted, you know, undrafted, He comes from that Florida State program, which is fairly similar to the Suns in terms of the way that the rosters get built and sort of the fact that they tend to keep guys for longer in that program and actually develop them over time. That program has created a ton of NBA talent, and we know that the Suns have at least somewhat looked at these guys in the past. I mean, they they did not draft Evan Vassell. Uh, They did not draft Jonathan Isaac, but, um, you know, we've, we've at least heard some talk there, and so... That would be the young player that I could see them targeting of the people that have already passed through this this team during the COVID ramp up. So that's kind of where things sit. And then obviously there's that last roster spot. So it's not as if Bismack Biombo or Justin Jackson are just chopped liver here. The Suns have an open roster spot still. They could choose to sign Biombo as I talked about yesterday. They could choose to sign Jackson if he impresses during his time here to that regular roster spot of course that would limit them now they wouldn't have any spots for buyout players they wouldn't have an extra roster spot to take an extra player back in a trade 
it's all very fluid, but I also think the NBA is finally starting to move past. The the wave is the the curve is downward now. We are seeing fewer and fewer players left on the protocol, fewer than a hundred, I think, now. And we saw a couple of trades go through this week. And I think the NBA business calendar is finally starting to get back to what we are used to around this time of year headed toward the trade deadline. So do not be surprised if we see more around the NBA, if we see the Suns start to figure some of their stuff out and guys come back from the COVID list and rosters start to go back to normal. I personally hope that that is what happens, and I think it's uh, definitely something we can all expect and root for in time, and we can start to see how this Suns roster shapes up for the stretch run of what we all are hoping is another very long and magical playoff chase. That'll wrap us up for today, guys. Thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen today and every day. Now that you're done here, go check out Locked On Bets to get the latest across the sports landscape. Lee Sterling giving you the latest on who you should take in every single game. Check out that show, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.